Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. We're having all kinds of technical glitches here to start the show off, so that's that's cool because that's how our corn crop started too. We had some goofy weather in different parts of the country. We're going to get a corn crop update on today's program. We'll also be taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us radio at agphd.com. Oh, there's my microphone. Hey, there we, we go. We muted Brian. It took him <laughs> yeah. it took him like 30 seconds to figure it out. It was awesome. <laughs> so we should say this is a corn crop update from you. We would really like to hear how things are going on your farm, what your crop looks like right now, even if it's not corn. What's your crop look like? I will say this. When I saw the U.S. government report finally acknowledging we only have 92 million acres, that's what I've been saying for months now, um, that's a big deal. And all of a sudden the markets react. But it just goes to show you um, the government's slow when they come with this stuff. Eventually they're going to get it right. And I still don't think that's necessarily low enough. I think it should be just a little bit lower. I think last year in terms of what we had for production was lower than what there actually was. So I just don't think the numbers are quite right. Now, I'll, I'll just say this. I don't think there's this great big government conspiracy it's just hard to get it right. I mean, look at all the farmers. Look at all the acres that we have around the country. It's really hard, especially in a year like the last couple have been. With all the prevent plant and everything, in our region of the country, there's still a lot of prevent plant this year. I thought it was interesting. I was reading one of the articles about this government report, and they go, well, where did all the acres go? Corn and soybeans, between the two, were down like four and a half million acres. I'm going... Are, are you not paying attention? Do you not what's ha- know what's happening out in the field? There are millions of acres to prevent plant again this year. So, I, I mean, that's where we as agronomists and farmers get a little frustrated because we're talking to farmers every day. We see this stuff going on, but the market a lot of times doesn't figure it out until later, and the government usually figures it out even later than that. So it just takes a little bit of time, but eventually it all gets straightened out. Anyway, uh Just talking about corn overall today, again, we'd like to get an update from you on your farm. Our number here, again, is 844-44-AG-PHD, or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. We're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag right away here in the show. Uh, Before we do, I, I guess I would just say this. We are very excited about what the corn crop looks like right in our area. This is not all over or anything. There were a lot of challenges this spring. But right here, one of the reasons why I'm excited is, you know, I don't know how the yield will turn out, but just things are ahead. And it's going to be nice to be ahead for once because the last two years, things have been behind. Harvest has been late. It's been a nightmare. But we're going to have probably a little bit of corn tasseling by July 4th. I think a lot of our corn on our farm will be tasseled by July 10th, so it's very early. So I'm really looking forward to dry corn this fall and early harvest and plenty of time, hopefully, to get our fall fertility, tillage, manure work done. Oh, and some tiling too, by the way. All right, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. First question comes from Mark in Iowa. He said, I really enjoy listening to your show. Even though I am not a farmer, I grew up on a farm, so it's still in my blood. My question is regarding my garden. I did some plant tissue analysis and sent you those tests. Uh, this year, one of my not one of my tomato plants has grown, 
and the beans are at best four inches tall, not doing much, trying to figure out if I've got a spray drift thing or a soil issue. Oh, I'm sorry, soil test, not tissue test. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I had spray drift or a soil issue. I, I've given you a couple of soil reports here to see if you can figure out anything nutrient-wise that may be causing the problem. Well, first of all, it's a very incomplete test. I don't have information on sulfur, zinc, manganese, iron, copper, boron. So next time when you're doing this, especially when it's a garden, and you're only, I mean, was, he sent in two tests, it would have cost a grand total of an extra maybe $15, and you could have had complete tests, so then I could give you a complete answer. So I can tell you, based on what I'm looking at here, you're just really low on phosphorus, you're really low on potassium. So what we're shooting for, and especially in a garden or small acreage situation, it doesn't cost much money to really raise that fertility up to where it truly needs to be. And where we believe the soil fertility needs to be in your heavy soils. You've got 27, 28 cation exchange capacities. So that's heavy soil. 7% base saturation K. Magnesium should be around 12%. I'd like that phosphorus, the P1 phosphorus, to be 100 parts per million. And then you got to have some zinc, sulfur, manganese, iron, copper, boron, but I don't know where your levels are at. So you get that fertility up, and all of a sudden you're going to find tremendous production out there. Now, I don't care necessarily how you do it. There are some people who do it through manure, through compost, through commercial fertilizer, however you do it. But we would like to see the overall soil profile in your top foot of soil being much higher than what it is today. Now, I don't know if you have a carryover issue or anything like that. I don't have tests on that. I'm not I looking doubt, at the I doubt garden. it's carryover unless you just I, brought I, in I, new soil out of a field or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the information to give you that answer. But when I look at the soil tests, you're just really low on almost every single nutrient that I see here. <clears throat> All right, low in, low in nutrients. Well, we can take a look at that, Mark. That would be uh, a good place to start. Got one from Madavi here. He said, how much moisture is required for a soybean plant? That's a great question. University of Illinois, I know a few years back, had put some information out saying one inch of rain would amount to 10 bushels of corn or three bushels of soybeans. Well, that's an awful lot of gallons to, to say that we're only going to get three bushels. What What's tough about this, Madavi, is it really depends on what you have available for nutrients. Like what we were just talking about in a previous question, if you've got plentiful nutrition out there, well, all of a sudden your crop doesn't have to, to use as much water to pull that in. And so figuring out exactly what your limiting factor is in the soil and getting that replaced, getting that nutrient out there in adequate quantities, allows the, water, allows the plant to produce more bushels on less gallons of water. So there really isn't a definitive number. It really depends on what kind of soil fertility there is. Thanks for the question, though. We really appreciate that. Getting a corn crop update on today's program. If you would like to talk to us about how your crop is looking and how, how it's doing in your area, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. With resistance on the rise, fighting disease in corn and soybeans takes a heavy-duty fungicide with super strength. Solera FX from UPL combines two powerful fungicides at full rates for maximum performance and yield. Solera FX delivers more robust disease control with both curative and preventative activity. And Solera FX is now registered for use in wheat. Ask your UPL representative or retailer about Solera FX, a super fungicide whose time has come. Always read and follow label directions. More choices, 
more money. With Bayer Plus Rewards, you choose from our broad portfolio of high-performance products. Earn more money on the eligible products that are right for your farm. And use our new portal to see your purchases, track your rewards, and decide how you want to use them. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to sign in and start earning. That's the advantage of more control in your hands. That's the plus. Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop and grow your legacy. All the way down to the last drop. Agroliquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Stop losing money from your stored grain with the end zone fan control system from Farm Shop MFG. Hot spots and moisture in your bin can cost you thousands in lost revenue. The Endzone monitors outside conditions to run your fans exactly when you want them to, naturally bringing your grain to ideal temperature and humidity. Master bin management with the Endzone. For more information, visit farmshopmfg.com. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, getting a corn crop update. We would love to hear how things are going in your area and on your farm. Again, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Start out in Minnesota here. We've got Jeremy on with us. How you doing, Jeremy? Real good. How about you? Well, we're doing pretty well. How much rain have you gotten recently? Is your crop looking good? The crop is looking real good. I was getting kind of nervous. A week or so ago, when the wind was blowing, and then we got a good inch and a half or inch and 7,500 of rain last Thursday night, and that really pushed things along real nice. And so the corn and beans both look good. The corn rows are just about shaded in, and I'd say the beans beans will be shaded in a week or so. And I just prayed Liberty for the first time, and real pleased with the results I've got with that as well excellent excellent so weed control good corn crop looks healthy everything looking dark green or you you kind of hoping for some more sunlight um around the house in the hills of lake benton my beans look quite a bit better than over east 10 miles where it's a little bit darker heavier ground i might have a little bit of iron chlorosis going on in the low spot sure but Yep, yep, yeah. It looks to be a good year for that iron chlorosis, no doubt about that. I think the cloudy May that we had didn't help us out either. It seemed like the beans had a little bit of a struggle getting started, but now that we've hit uh, through this heat that we've had in June, it's been pretty good. Yeah, so no, uh, the bean field looks better, better this morning than it did just four days ago. I saw a lot less yellow out there. Oh, no, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking forward to early, fast harvest. Last year, I didn't think the harvest was ever going to end. I like it. Let's keep talking like that. Early harvest, fast, easy harvest. Man, that would, that would be called for this year for sure. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Jeremy. Really appreciate it. Great way to kick off the show here. Let's head over to Wisconsin. We've got Ron on with us right now. Ron, how are you today? I'm uh, doing pretty good. So what's the crop looking like in your area? 
Uh, if we go up on the sand, I would tell you it's excellent. Uh, low ground, we struggled with water. Okay, so you've gotten a ton of rainfall over there, too. Did you get big rains, or is it just smaller rains that just keep coming? I finished May 15th planting corn and beans. On May 16th, we got 3.7 inches. Oh, boy. And it hasn't, and it hasn't quit since. Wow. So how was how your stand then? Did you have crusting and, and issues with that, or, or was it still loose enough it took the water in? It was no problem that way. It depends on where you want to go. The clay ground, uh, we had a lot of water sitting. Uh, yep. The sand ground, it can take all the rain we can give it. Sure. Um, but the beans, I had, uh, we'd done all, we didn't get any tillage done last fall. We froze up so early. And uh, so we ended up doing all the tillage this spring. And when you keep doing tillage and you keep trying the ground out, I ended up planting all my beans two inches deep. So when you finish planting beans and you put three and a half inches, four inches of rain on top, boy, it took forever for them to come out. But they're they're coming. Yep, I believe it. How about the weed control then? I know when when we've had Horrible. trouble in the past with rain, 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 it's uh, it's not good. Grass, so Grass, 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 grass. Uh, did you get a pre out there at least to help a little bit, or, or was it just raining the whole time you couldn't get her done? No, we... we uh, we went with Valor and Prowl on all my bean acres. Okay. And uh, it just didn't, it just the grass keeps coming through. Yeah. No matter what I use on a corn or whatnot, uh, we're actually going to go out tomorrow and run fungicide. And I'm going to try getting some Roundup to go through the corn canopy and get hey. down to the bottom and finish off some grass again. Hey, let me ask you about that. You said prowl and and grass is getting through. What rate of prowl did you use? Do you know? Was that put out at planting time or is that put out earlier than planting? No, I planted the crops and they they came over and sprayed over the top. Oh, okay. I, I don't I don't know if they want to pint or a quart. Yeah, uh, and so I maybe I missed that. You did that in corn and soybeans. You just did that in soybeans. What did you use? Just, just the soybeans. Good. Anyway, yeah, actually, Prowl is not labeled for use after you plant the beans north of Interstate 80. So it's not even labeled for use in that, I mean, the way that it got used, the way it got sprayed. Okay, so my why? assumption why, is Brian, because is we worry about crop injury. So my assumption is, and there have been people who've done it, they just have cut the rate. And so that's why I was asking the question. I'm guessing the rate got cut. And, you know, normally we talk three to 3.6 pints and then typically we don't see any grass all season. So when you said grass and prowl, that's why I wanted to ask. So let's just say that you flip that around and instead of having them spray afterwards, they sprayed in advance of planting. Then you could use the full rate to prowl and then I would assume that would take care of your grass. But see what a lot of guys have done and even even us in some cases, we've cut the rate of prowl because we're like, man, it's expensive. What the heck? I mean, we can kill grass so inexpensively in soybeans. Their conventional grass killers are two bucks. Roundup is two bucks. So it's like, well, what do I need to have this great pre out there for? But you just said it. That was the same. You're in the same boat we were in the last two years where it was so wet and raining constantly. We couldn't get out there when we wanted to. So it's just it's just a really challenging year. It's I mean, things it's hot. I mean, it's gotten well, it's terrible hot. But, you know, this next forecast coming up these next five days. I hope we catch rain here somewhere because, boy, it's the sand ground. 
You know, yeah. like you got to realize I'm I'm talking sand ground. It's like uh, 0. 0.05 to 1.1 1. 1 is my uh, organic matter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, you got to have rain. Uh, you know, once or twice a week just to stay up with that. So. Uh, anything else you can tell us about the crop? Any Anything else that's kind of out of the ordinary this year? It looks good right now. I guess that's out of the ordinary. <laughs> well, like, yeah, let's hope it's not too out of the ordinary. I mean, we yeah. we, we, we want you well, to have a good crop I, every year. No, I, I, I do too. I mean, I heard you guys say the last caller wants to get done harvesting early. I, I hope we don't have the trouble we did last year with that 30% moisture, but... yeah. I hope it's I hope it's 200 bushel plus corn and it takes forever. Well, you know, when you mentioned heat and we have had above normal temperatures. Now, we didn't in May, but certainly in June. This is one of the hottest Junes that we've ever had right in our area. And when you take a look at that, you go, man, that's really pushing things along. So the corn anyway, it's way ahead of normal. So if you look at normal growing degree units, we're ahead, which means the corn is ahead. And there was a lot of stuff that was planted early here and, you know, really throughout the United States and southern Canada, early planting. You get more heat. So it should finish earlier this fall. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm, I'm staying optimistic because the last couple falls have not been a whole lot of fun. Hey, the other thing, Brian, just thinking about this. Now, Ron had made the comment about spraying some Roundup trying to kill some late grass. And when we get big corn, I know that's a concern for us, getting over the top of that corn, getting too much down into that whirl. I know we've seen some issues, especially when corn is 36 inches tall. But how about, is there a limit on that 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 you'd say, man, we got to switch to drops. And, and what were you thinking about that, Ron? Were you just going to try and push it down through the canopy, or are you going to try we're and gonna, use some drops? We're going to run fungicide and slow nitrogen or slow-release nitrogen over the top. And Roundup or no Roundup? Yeah, and Roundup. <laughs> yep. What Darren's talking about is just the, the yellow flash that we'll commonly see with corn. So that we'll throw in plant growth hormones. We use Mega Grow. It's a patented safener for Roundup. Costs about four bucks, and that reduces the yellow flash. But the the whole point is, a lot of guys will end up if they can't get coverage on those weeds, they switch to drop nozzles, and then we can get down underneath that canopy a little bit. But yeah, I, I totally understand where you're going. You're out there making a trip anyway. We've done that kind of thing before too. So that's the only thing that concerns us a little bit is possible yellow flash in that corn because of the Roundup. Well, if, if the sprayer, if my sprayer tractor wouldn't have broke down Sunday, I would have got to it. Sunday, I could have maybe made it through, but yeah. from Sunday till now, I swear this corn has grown another foot and a half. I know. It's it's crazy. Uh, we've got the exact same thing going on in our farm. We've been scrambling. And then half these days have been super windy. I mean, we had a whole week where it was too windy every day. Today's too windy to spray. So, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the fun of farming, Ron. Uh, hey, Ron, thanks a lot for the call today. Really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. We're up against Don't a commercial be- break here, Ron. Just hang on for one second, and we'll catch you right after the break. Listening to Ag PhD Radio. Stay tuned. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, whenever you want. Farm your way with Case IH AFS Connect. Now you can farm, share data, and manage your fleet however, whenever, and wherever you want. 
Learn more at caseih.com slash farm your way. The Pentair Hypro Express Flush Valve reduces plug nozzles and improves cleanout of your spray boom. Simply flush boom sections with a quarter turn ball valve and leave your tools in the cab. Plus, installation is easy. Simply remove the existing end cap plug and replace with the Hypro Express Flush Valve. Learn more at pentair.com slash hypro. Stop losing money from your stored grain with the Enzone Fan Control System from FarmShop MFG. The Enzone monitors outside conditions to run your fans so your grain naturally reaches ideal temperature and humidity. For more information, visit FarmShopMFG.com. More choices, more money. With Bayer Plus Rewards, you choose from our broad portfolio of high-performance products. Earn more money on the eligible products that are right for your farm and use our new portal to see your purchases, track your rewards, and decide how you want to use them. Visit mybearplus.com to sign in and start earning. That's the advantage of more control in your hands. That's the plus. Worried about glyphosate-resistant weeds and grasses in your corn? Unleash the power of new Impact Z herbicide and get the early post-application advantage you've been waiting for. Save $3 per acre when you combine Impact Z with a qualifying insecticide purchase. Go to buy2save3.com for details. Buy2save3 is a service mark and Impact Z is a trademark owned by Amvac Chemical Corporation. All rights reserved. Impact Z is a restricted use pesticide. Always read and follow label instructions. Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rose? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetual, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetual's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetual to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. Bellum is Rotam North America's mesotrion herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long-lasting residual weed control, check out Evinco, Vilify, and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season-long control, that's Evinco, Vilify, and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit bellumherbicide.com. That's B-E-L-L-U-M herbicide.com. Getting a corn crop update on today's Ag PhD radio program. We'd love to hear how things are going on your farm and in your area. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you have pictures you want to send us or if you want to type out a question, radio at agphd.com is our email address. Uh, just before the break, we were talking with Ron in Wisconsin. Ron had another question. We were running out of time. Ron, yeah, sorry. thanks for hanging on. Sorry about that. No this problem. Pima. Sure. Um, would I run the six ounce six ounce rate of that? Okay, so we've got corn that is uh, big enough now that it's canopied, and you're going to put a fungicide out there early, so we're pre-tassel with a fungicide application. And a lot of times we're we're talking a full rate of fungicide now. By the point where we're getting big corn like this, the guys that are out at the V5 V6 timing, obviously not as nearly as many leaves to cover, and we generally are going with a half a rate at that point, or at least a lot of farmers are using a half rate. Uh, it was interesting. Now you mentioned this rate, and I I think this is a little bit of a debate. But we had um, one of bears. We had actually bears head 
guy for fungicides on last summer, and we asked him this question. He said they actually had done a study where they had more of a concentration on the leaves when plants are small with a half rate than on big plants with a full rate, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, anyway, specifically to answer your question, when you start talking Veltima, the labeled rate, and I assume we're talking corn here, the labeled rate on corn is 7 to 10 ounces. So a lot of times what we do and what many farmers do is when the corn is small, they're running a half rate, they're running 5 ounces. When the corn's big, they're running, you know, and this is a new product. I mean, we saw it a bunch last year. A lot of the work was done at 10 ounces, and we're probably going to advise a guy to go 10 ounces if the corn is big. Let's say it's a tassel or whatever. That's as big as the corn plant gets. But, you know, it is technically labeled down to 7 ounces as well. Veltima is the most expensive corn fungicide. The BSF, when they came out with that one, they lowered the price of Headline Amp. They lowered the price of Preaxor. I mean, you can get Delaro or Stratego Yield from Bayer this year really cheap. Like, I mean, one-third the price of what Veltima is if you're in the Bayer Plus rebate program. I mean, there are other good fungicides out there, too. But here's the problem, Brent. Veltima, in limited trials last year, Looked pretty darn good. It did. It looked like yeah. you know that might be worth the money. It, so it did, and yeah, I'm, I'm willing it. to right. I'm willing to try some, I, but I, I'm, I always yeah. went with Eagle Yield. They were out. Oh, <laughs> what? They're, so, they're, yeah. So and, when I went to get it, when I went to get it yesterday, this is what I they had left. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, anyway, it looks like a good product. The The trials last year showed up really good. So, yeah, if they told you to run six ounces, I, I'm not going to argue with that, especially at the, the height your corn most likely is at right now. But I'm just trying to tell you the labeled rate technically is seven to ten ounces. That's for big corn. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. You bet. listening to you guys, and have a good day. Yep. You bet. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Ron. Hopefully uh, catch a whole bunch more sunshine here coming up and, and dry things out a little bit again. I've got Ryan with us right now over in Michigan. How about you, Ryan? Is it wet over in your area? Um, no, it's actually, we're getting pretty dry. Okay. Wow. Oh, you see, if we could just even things out here with you guys in Wisconsin, we'd have it made. <laughs> yeah, that's what most of storms come across but uh they ended up dropping south of us and the other ones went north and well a week ago we got two tents but now it looks like the 14 day forecast we're gonna get up around 90 and uh dry some dry heat yep how do how does everything look for you corn beans sugar beets what stuff look like in your area um everything's looking really good kind of anywhere you drive uh everybody's got their side dressing done uh some of the corn, is, we're starting to get into that where it's trying to pineapple about waist high. and um, But uh, beets are doing really good, and, and people's beans, everybody's getting their uh, sprays done, and uh, dry beans are looking good. So we're, we're looking a lot better than we were last year in the neighborhood. Hey, uh, do you have beets on your own farm, Ryan? Yes. Let me ask you a question then, because we got into this debate in Minnesota. We were chatting with John last week about, all right, they're talking about pH of the spray solution putting out fungicides. Have you heard anything about that from the the beet co-op in your area? Yes. Yep. And uh, we actually just sprayed our first uh, leaf spot spray here today. We just finished up. But, uh, um, yeah, it's the, um, the pH of the water and um we've noticed even temperature of the water if the water's real cold if it hasn't sat and come up to ambient temperature it, it um we've noticed that treating the water and even treating it before we've been uh, 
fungicide into the raw water makes quite a difference for us. Interesting. So are you targeting like a 5 pH or a 6 pH? Where are you trying to end up? Um, We're trying to get a, 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 around that 6 pH, uh, 6 and a half. Okay. Quite high, and we have a lot of dissolved solids, so we have to add quite a bit to bring that on down. And uh, we, we've noticed a big difference in uh, coming out of our well. Interesting. Yeah, I think there's always something new, and that seems to be a big focus this year. We've been talking a lot about spray solution pH on a number of different things with foliar fertility and other things, but I thought it was interesting that a lot of the beet co-ops had, had gotten all on board with that and fungicides based on a, a study that had come out saying they're getting a little better efficacy if they got that water pH down into the 5 or 6 range rather than having high pH water. So that that was kind of interesting. Right. Uh, you, know, you mentioned... Yep. You mentioned the the corn now getting a little bit dry. How about on the beans? A lot of times beans like that sunny heat. Uh, the beans looking okay. Beans are they uh, they got some good deep color. Uh, everybody anybody that had done their liberty uh, a few weeks ago now everything's done that with that yellowing and uh, guys got through that uh, first uh, manganese flash with the roundup and the beans are really liking this heat and really getting that nice deep green to them. Yeah, I like that look too. I think the last couple of trifoliates that have come out now in our area, bigger leaves and and darker green, it's it's more of that summertime look rather than some of the cool and cloudy weather we had earlier. Yeah, yep. Well, that's that's all good stuff, Ryan. I, I'm kind of hoping you guys catch some rain though. If we got 90 degrees coming for the next couple of weeks, that that could be troublesome here if if we don't catch a little moisture. Yeah, that's what we we'd really like to catch some. Uh, I know that even the wheat that's starting to change and everything so quick on us up here, uh, it's going to be a short on straw and all that. It's big shock difference from last year where we had abundance of water <laughs> yeah well and this year the guys in wisconsin are hogging it all we'll we'll talk to them about that see if we can get that changed yeah let it come across the lake <laughs> <Thanks, man. laughs> awesome well hey ryan good talking to you and good luck here the rest of the growing season yes thank you much and you guys too you bet all right brian get a get a question this one comes in from western south dakota about dicamba and injury on corn uh, i just wanted to sent this question in to you guys to talk about sensitivity to post dicamba applications. The corn was about 12 to 14 inches tall. We sprayed <laughs> oh dicamba at six and a half ounces, so a very low rate. And this is something well, that we see we a lot. Know, we don't know what kind of dicamba, though. Could be safe in diflex. If it's, even if, this, if it's safe in diflex, there's no way I'm spraying it past V5, which is about six to eight inch tall corn. No possible chance you will ever find us ever, ever, ever recommending dicamba sprayed that late. Well, no way, no how. Don't care if it's over the top, drops, rate, don't spray it that late. Okay, here's the debate though, Brian. They used a reduced rate rather than yeah, sixteen you can't ounces. Do it. They used six and a half ounces. I and and I know we get this all the time. Well, I know there's a rotational restriction, but what if I cut the rate back on a flex star? Or what if I Well that's a you different know, cut deal. The rate on that's a whole different deal. That's a completely separate thing. This is crop injury this year, not okay. carryover. So say that you reduce got... the rate, of course you're gonna have less carryover, but you're still going to have some crop injury. You so think about it this way. Do you want Crop injury or reduced crop injury? 
Well, I don't want either. How about we not spray it? If you're using unsafened dicamba, I'm going to tell you V2. That's where I'm done on our farm. If it's unsafened dicamba, V2. That's four inch tall corn at the most, maybe three inch. So, I mean, you're just way past the label level. I, I mean, in terms of uh, what height you can go on the corn, you can't spray corn that way. Every crop is since every corn plant is sensitive to that. Yes, some already snapped. The rest were all yield damaged. I will promise you that. Don't do it again. All right. We want to get a corn crop update from your farm and from your area. You can give us a call at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rows? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. You deserve to have a building that will last for generations. With more than 110 years of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, Morton Buildings is the industry leader you can trust. Unlike other construction companies, you work with Morton Buildings craftsmen. From conception to completion, there's no better time to buy. Lock in your new building for 2020 today. Contact your local Morton sales office or visit mortonbuildings.com. When it comes to effective herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. They've been bringing growers trusted brands like Burnmaster, Scorch, and Spitfire for decades, made right here in the USA. What's your favorite New Farm brand? Email it to turnuptheburn at newfarm.com and you'll be entered to win a monthly $1,000 product giveaway. In these unprecedented times, you're facing unprecedented pressure. New Farm's here to help. You're all set with the 4x4 turbo diesel truck. How about some options? Spray and bed liner? Absolutely. Tailgate step and nerf bars? Gotta have them. Tie down hooks and stainless steel toolbox? You know it. Tinted windows? Of course. Options are good. That's as true in the field as it is with your pickup. In addition to taking care of tough weeds, new Open Sky Herbicide gives you more rotational choices than ever before and an easy-to-handle formulation. <laughs> Gooseneck toe package? Yep. Discover more Open Sky details at openskyherbicide.com. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high-yield toolbox. Each year brings new and unique challenges to farming, and your operation needs to constantly adapt to meet them. That's why at AgBiome, we're working every day to bring you new and better solutions, microbial-based solutions that protect your crop and help it reach its full potential. To learn more about how we're doing it, visit agbiome.com. That's A-G-B-I-O-M-E.com. AgBiome, feeding the world responsibly, partnering with microbes for human benefit. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. 
Broadcasting from the Morton studio today, getting a corn crop update. We would love to hear how the corn crop's doing in your area and how crops in general look. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head over to Iowa. We've got Jim with us right now. Jim, how are you today? Doing very good. How are you guys? Not too bad. Okay, I got a call from somebody not too far away from you earlier today, Jim, and he said their corn on corn fields looked really tough. They didn't get good residue breakdown. In some cases, they didn't get to do any tillage and they wanted to. Uh, just curious, are you seeing that same kind of thing in your area in the corn? Not as bad. In fact, we've probably, I'd say the corn on corn, if, if tillage was done decently and they had pretty good uh soil conditions uh corn on corn is not looking too bad especially if you hit it with multi-levels of nitrogen like anhydrous and liquid and so forth yeah that that was really the problem and i know uh this grower was talking about man we just didn't get our fall tillage done but they also had normally put on some fall nitrogen and they'd gotten that breakdown process going and uh he was talking about that a little bit too he goes man it was just we just froze up so quick in the fall we couldn't get it done is what what he was saying so if you did get it done that that made a difference and that's good to hear uh how, how's your yeah. corn crop looking in general uh one of the best crops i've ever seen in my career of farming okay uh, just yeah. a second we're going to mute you jim because we don't want the board of trading anybody that's trading corn <laughs> to hear that what jim actually said everybody is corn looks terrible across the whole state of iowa <laughs> just as well write it off it's going to be a total loss uh, <laughs> we've we've had uh this spring planting was probably some of the best planting conditions we've ever had in my career of farming and most guys got all the crops in before the end of April. Um, we had a little cold spell in between time, but boy, I tell you, the corn and beans have hit the afterburners now. We're uh, 13th to 15th leaf. We're going to be seeing tassels in our fields here probably another week to week and a half. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I'm glad for you guys because, man, you had some struggles last year getting stuff done. So oh. we get payback this year, I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll take one out of five right now, and I'll take this year right now. You bet. You bet. How about soybeans? What are the soybeans looking like? They're doing pretty good. They're doing really good. Um, beans start blooming right around the 20th to 21st of June around here. Um, I'm noticing in one of my fields that where I've got a little bit more residue, and I'm a strip tiller, that a little more restriction on the growth of the beans. But in the other fields, uh, they're really popping. I think we're going to see beans this year actually fill in the rows for the first time in many years in our territory. Okay, so how does this change for management then for you? You've got corn, you got big corn already, 13th to 15th leaf. You're just about to tassel here. You got soybeans that are that are going to be big and bushy this year the way it looks. Does that mean you're using more fungicides? Does that mean disease is more of a concern or bugs? Well, as far as the disease and bugs right now, everyone's just kind of holding holding back and waiting as far as uh, being proactive, I've used foliar fertilizer on both crops just due to the cost and hoping that I am able to do both, have a health, healthier plant so I don't have to worry about the diseases and bugs. But time will tell. We'll see. Um, a lot of guys are saying, well, we need to capitalize on having more bushels because of the low price. Um, it, it's just going to be an interesting year in how we function with probably a record crop in our territory and, and some of the lowest prices we've ever had yeah yeah we need ethanol to really get back going again hard and in, in iowa to use up some of this corner we could be in trouble yep 
Yeah, and in fact, I talked to a buddy of mine in uh, Farmer who does trucking on the side, and he's got all his trucks shut down because the ethanol plants in the area don't need anything. Well, that's yeah, that's a tough deal. Hopefully that hopefully that turns around soon because, like you say, we got some bushels that are coming. There's no doubt about that, and need a home for them. And we also need to get a halfway decent price to to make this year pay off the way it should. Uh, we're talking with Jim over in Iowa. He's got a really nice looking crop out there. Jim, good luck to you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the weather st- keeps shining on you and things things finish out the way they're starting. Thank you very much. I hope so too. Let's head up to the state of New York. We got Ralph on with us right now. Okay, Ralph, you got the report there in Iowa. Things look good. How about where you're at in Western New York? <laughs> We're there, and I'll tell you what. When I listen to that, it makes it pretty depressing because we uh, we have good crops when they started out. We've been seven weeks now. This Thursday, we've only had less than a half inch of rain, so things are things are looking tough around here. Okay, so. We've got the root system pushing down deeper. Have you done some digging out in the field? Have you got? I know a lot of guys in our area ended up with some compaction coming out of the last couple of wet years. How about up there? Were, were the soil conditions decent that the roots can go deep? Yeah, we were we were wet early. We didn't really start planting until about the 18th of May, and um, I think we got a half inch the first day we went out and plant. So we waited again three or four days, and then we just barreled right through everything. We did everything within the next 10 days, all the corn and all the beans. Conditions were really good, but the cover crops, you know, they're, everybody says how great cover crops are. Well, boy, we've had more failures with cover crops. And even this year, the places where the cover crops had winter killed, that corn's maybe knee high and the rest of the field where we had, uh, we used a wheat, uh, I forget what to say, there's three things in there. Uh, different things but they they just have held the corn back it just can't seem to get above that cover we killed it after the corn was planted and you know with the dry weather it's just i think the covers sucked all the moisture out that was there you know that's been a concern here too where we're at in south dakota we we are more often i know it doesn't feel like it after the last few years but we're more often dry than wet and for a lot of guys they're really concerned about that so we've got a number of conservative guys that have been killing it off in the fall not letting it grow through and we certainly hear guys talking about well we're going to let it go and we're going to plant into green cover and in some cases that's been working out great but yeah i, I share your concern ralph that 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 might not be the best strategy in some areas so What's your game plan? Does this mean no more covers for you, or does this just mean kill it off in the fall? Darren, my oldest son, he just believes in cover crops, and we'll continue with them. It's a learning curve that can be really steep sometimes. And, you know, you said you guys killed early or late. We've been waiting here because we usually have wet springs, which this was. We like to keep the cover crop out there because that helps get the ground maybe a little bit drier, keeps keeps it from washing. We we have trouble. We're pretty flat, heavy clay soils here, and, and they'll wash on you, just movement in the wintertime. So we like them for that. It's just it's just a steep learning curve. We got to keep working with it. Yeah, yeah, no, no question about that. Well, you've got a pretty good asset there, just like I do on my farm. I've got, also got my brother. So when we try crazy things like that, we can just do it on Brian's ground. So I mean, if you've got a son that's kind of like Brian, I mean, just try it on his ground. That'd be a great place for a trial. We we do that all the time. Or we we try. We've learned a lesson from cover crops. If you're trying something new, you go into a field that nobody's going to ride up and down by it, and your neighbors can see it, so, so that you can you can at least go out there and see what's happening, but your neighbors don't have to know what you're doing. So, 
you know, you learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad deal. And, and, and now we always talk about spreading risk too. And, and maybe you do some a little bit one way and some a little bit another way. And you just see uh, each year you spread the risk a little bit that way too. I, I don't know what the right way to go is on that too. I know we, Brian and I have debated that a lot that boy, there's potential for good. And there's also potential for bad with the cover crops. You just never know which kind of year you're going to get. Yep. Yeah. We've, we've switched from rye to wheat now and the wheat's a little easier to kill we don't get that big tall growth all of a sudden if you get a wet spring and we like the wheat it, it kills nice it's easy to plant into but you just got to get a better handle on if the weathermen could all give us better predictions of what we're going to have in the years it'd make life a lot easier as a farmer yeah that's for sure okay so you said seven weeks with hardly any rain what's the what's the forecast look like for your area that's even more depressing <laughs> we're they're talking starting thursday we're predicting 10 days of 90 plus degree temperatures and there's not there's not any chance i i mean the weathermen show 10 percent every day but there's really no chance of getting anything and like last saturday we picked up that three tenths the only rain we've had that they're predicting an inch and a half there's a front coming through and i don't know we're between two big lakes here and we have lake ontario just about 50 miles north of us i don't know whether these lakes affect those storms coming but you'll just you'll watch them coming in with red and the, the yellow dark yellow and and they just dry up by the time they get to us. So it's just very frustrating. Well, I'll give you a different weather forecast then, Ralph. You're probably going to get lake effect snow. That's about what's going to happen in your area, as unpredictable as that weather can be. But hopefully you guys catch some rain soon. I know you sure need it, and uh, the guys over in Wisconsin are still hogging it the way it sounds. Uh, Ralph, thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it. Good luck here as we go forward. Stay tuned. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Want to cut production costs without losing yield? Brian Ryberg from Buffalo Lake, Minnesota has done just that. Here's his story. We began using a soil warrior in our farm fall of 2014. We've seen many benefits from better water infiltration, a lot less hours on equipment, fuel, able to reduce our fertilizer side, so it's really simplified our operation. See what makes Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. Your land is a legacy, a challenge from those who tended it before you to build on their foundations. At Corteva AgriScience, we understand what it means to be the stewards of a legacy. We embrace the challenge of building on the foundation of Dow AgroSciences to maintain your trust, to bring new solutions, to help you care for your land. See how we can help build your legacy at rangeandpasture.com. With resistance on the rise, fighting disease in corn and soybeans takes a heavy-duty fungicide with super strength. Solera FX from UPL combines two powerful fungicides at full rates for maximum performance and yield. Solera FX delivers more robust disease control with both curative and preventative activity. And Solera FX is now registered for use in wheat. Ask your UPL representative or retailer about Solera FX, a super fungicide whose time has come. Always read and follow label directions. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. 
Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop and grow your legacy. All the way down to the last drop. Agroliquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic fungicides from Atticus LLC. Fungal diseases can be devastating, but Acadia, Slant, and Talaris 4.5F from Atticus deliver lasting, broad-spectrum fungi control so your soybeans, sugar beets, and dry beans can thrive. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value-based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Getting a corn crop update. We would love to hear how things are looking in your area, and our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head over to Illinois. We've got Ron with us right now. Ron, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. It's getting a little bit of rain right now, so that's helping to get our corn a little drink before it starts pollinating in the next two weeks. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it's getting close. I know for us as well, with all this heat, it's really pushing things along here. Are you getting enough moisture to to keep everything green? Right now we are. We've had about two inches, maybe two and a half after the rain today over the last week to 10 days. So it hasn't all come at once. It's come nicely over the three or four different rain events. And so uh, moisture is adequate at this point. All right, what was this spring like in your part of Illinois? Were planting conditions okay? Did you struggle to get anything in? No, no, not really. We started planting soybeans first for the first time in my career and uh, went well. We did about 160 acres, and then kind of we had a little rainy spell. And then May 9th, we had a 27-degree morning, and so that really hammered the stand on the 160 acres of beans we planted early. So we had to replant about 100 acres of those. Um, And then uh, after we got our corn planted, we got seven inches of rain in a week and flooded out about 50 acres of our corn that we had to replant. But even the replant corn and the replant soybeans look really good right now. So what you're saying, Ron, is you guys are so good in Illinois that you can plant crops twice and still beat us out here for yield. Well, I don't know. Last year we had about uh, we had about 50 acres of uh, corn that we replanted, and uh, my neighbors uh, didn't plant corn until June and out yielded my replanted corn by 30, 40 really? bushels to the acre. So, huh. yeah, it it just depends on what kind of summer weather you get. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're you're much more weather dependent when you get outside of that ideal window. Okay, so yep. you tried planting the soybeans first. Was it just cold soils, cold conditions? So you thought, you know, it's too cold for corn. I'm going to try soybeans, or were you just shooting for high yield? Um, shooting for high yields, and my neighbors were planting soybeans early, and my local co-op that I work with was putting in a population and planting date. Um, plot on soybeans on one of my fields and so they started to begin early april and i thought well if they're going i'm going to go too and yeah. and uh, so 
nine years out of ten is probably be just fine, and we just happen to catch the frost, the, the latest uh, freeze since nineteen in the nineteen sixties in this uh, area. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. That happens every once in a while, no doubt about that. And uh, yep. the big rains right after planting. We've talked to a few guys today that have had some big rains right after planting, and that's generally not a good thing either. So you never know. It's luck of the draw. No, that's that's for sure. And and uh, but I, like I said, our crops look really good right now, and uh, we're just hoping that we can continue to beat that trend line yield that we've we've been shooting for. Yeah, we sure need it this year, no doubt about that. Uh, talking yep. with Ron here in Illinois. Ron, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Good luck here. I know you've already had had a couple of challenges this year, but hopefully the rest of the growing season goes smooth. Well, I think it will. Thanks a lot. You bet. Thank you. Uh, let's head down to Kentucky. We've got Brian on right now. Brian, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? Well, we're doing pretty well. All right, talk to us about your growing season, what your crop looks like. Well, it, it started off, we had a real early start, uh, all things considered this year. April looked great. Uh, we we dealt with probably one of the coldest spills we had at the end of our, in, towards middle to end of April, uh, which threw everybody for a curveball up here. Uh, our fellow farmers to the east of us saw a little colder temperatures than us and had some frost and freeze damage early. But short of that, we got off to a great start. Uh, all the way through May was nothing but rain. And there were some farmers in the area even set, had their planters sitting for as long as five weeks. Oh, boy. Until the end of May when we were able to start back up. So the early crop looks really good. There's about a two-week window that crop came up great in, uh, have good stands in. And then there's places that you get, you know, that lay wet and that kind of thing. And with an early crop, you'll have uh, spots that have poor stands, but you've got an early planting date. So it's kind of a, you, you take your pick, whether you want a late planting date and go for stand, or if you want the early planting date, which proves to be very valuable in our area, sometimes even over a low population on planting. Yeah, I know it. It's it's a trade off. It's a trade off, no doubt about that. Uh, hey, Brian, you're so talking it, about it's that. It's really kind of. Oh, yes. go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was gonna say it, re- it really skews the line as to where you draw in the line or draw in the sand to say, okay, we're gonna replant at this or we're gonna keep this. It, it's really really made it a challenge this year. Yeah, it sure it sure has, and there have been tough decisions all the way through. How about the wheat in your area? I know that frost came at a pretty bad time on a lot of farms there. How did you guys fare? Uh, as far as wheat goes, uh, we ourselves didn't grow any wheat this year. It's our first year out of it. Excellent. Uh, people good, that we've good talked choice to in the this area year. have been <laughs> uh, that that had. Uh, gotten sick last year and he just he said i'm not doing it next year it's not worth the hassle and everything else and uh since has made a full recovery and we're we're blessed to still have him around and still keep working with us on the farm yeah there's there's definitely things bigger than raising an awesome crop we're happy to hear that but the the wheat that we've we've heard in the area uh 
with all the water that we've had through a very wet winter and a fairly wet spring, all things considered, it's it's an average crop. There's places that are really good if you got rid of the water and places that are really bad where water stands. Yeah, it's it's an interesting year, no doubt about that. Like you said, there have been some ups and downs this season for sure. Rainy May, uh, the cold spell in April, and now we're getting quite warm out there too. So good luck to you, Brian. Thanks for thanks for calling in. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and tell your dad hi too. We're always rooting for him. I will. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks. Uh, Brian uh, had a question come in to the Ag PhD mailbag from Ohio. This one's from Terry. He said, I was thinking about spraying Enlist One all by itself. Uh, any concerns yep. you may have with that? And nope. also, do I need to add ammonium sulfate? Nope. I have done that when I put Roundup with it. No. You can just go spray Enlist One all by itself, just like you always have with old 240. And the nice thing with Enlist One doesn't volatilize or drift like old 2,4-D does. Yeah, and you can spray it up through R2, which is kind of nice. It gives you a little extended. In Enlist soybeans, yes. A little extended window on soybeans. Now, you just don't have grass control and you don't have volunteer corn control. So those are a couple things to take a look at. And certainly don't cut the rate when you're spraying it by itself. You don't have another tank mix partner to help you out. Right. All right, got a question here uh, from DM who says, wondering about cover crops and i'm wondering you did yellow wood sorrel as a weed of the week is it would it be a good cover crop would it prevent erosion like clover it looks a lot like clover hey thanks for the question we really appreciate that wood sorrel is there's a couple things about it one it's edible so i know there are people that are talking let's look at edible plants that we could use as cover could potentially graze them as well the problem with yellow wood sorrel as a cover crop is the roots are fairly shallow. They're fibrous. They aren't. They don't have a big, deep taproot. And I really like red clover or crimson clover better in an erosion prevention situation because they've got really strong roots. But not all clovers are like that. White clover, alcite clover, generally not thought of as great cover crops for erosion potential. So I don't think wood sorrel would necessarily be the best if you had highly erodible ground. It's not that thick a root system, but uh, it's a good thought and do appreciate the the email and thanks for watching the show. All right, got one from Edge who says, hey, I noticed what looked like a video clip shot by a drone on your show. I am a commercial drone pilot. was just wondering if there's a possible market for locating things out in fields like poor drainage areas. Absolutely. That's a great way to get out over the fields and take a look at some of the differences in crops. Uh, So there are so many things that you can do with drones and that are being done with drones to help farmers scout fields and get a different perspective. Like this year, for example, we see a lot of last year's tracks or even this spring's tracks across the field creating some issues. That's a good way to identify some of those things too. Hey, thanks, Edge. Really appreciate you checking out the show and good luck to you. Thanks for listening to our program today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. Now stay tuned for Rob Sharkey and Shark Farmer Radio.